what we have, what we have here is two resurrections. So that's what you want to put in your notes. Say that with me. Two resurrections. Right. Now, I'm showing you this because this is what Paul was waiting for. This is what Paul gave us in the gospel. In the book of Acts, I read you already. And I read you in the book of Acts chapter 28, what the 12 tribes of Israel was waiting for. And I showed it to you. Let me show you again in the book of Acts. And let's go now to verse chapter number 26. I'm sorry, not 26. 24. 24, we're going to go down and look at uh, verse 15 only. From the book of Acts chapter 24 and verse 15 only. Talking about the twelve. And have hope towards God. Verse 12. Which they themselves, talking about Israel, also allow that there shall be, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. That is what Israel is waiting for. Let's go back to Acts 26 and let's show it to you one more time. Acts 26, and we want to look at verse 6 through verse 8. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto the Father. Well, what promise did God make to the fathers? On the which promise our 12 tribes. That's why I said to you today, we do not have 12 tribes today. It doesn't hurt. You know they went out in Revelation chapter 7. Our 12 tribes instantly serving God day and night hope to come. For which hope say King Agrippa? I am accused of the Jews. So he's telling you why he, went, he was handcuffed. Because why did God say in chapter 9? Let's go back to chapter 9. Remember what Paul said. Paul said why he was going to have to go before the kings. All right, let's go back there. And let's go to Acts chapter 9 and verse number 15. Acts chapter 9 and verse number 15. But the Lord said to Ananias, once he told Ananias to go to Paul, the Lord said to Ananias, go thy way, for he's a chosen vessel to me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. I will show him how great thing he must suffer for my name's sake. So now he's going before the kings. But his message is Christ and him crucified. But also to the, to the Jews believers, they were waiting for Christ to return. And when he returned, he's going to raise the dead. So we are talking about the day, two resurrections. Now, let's go quickly to the book of Revelation chapter 11. It will show it to you in every verse. Revelation chapter 11. We want to go down and start looking at verse number 14. Revelation chapter 11, verse number 14. The second war is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. And the seven angels sounded. Very important. The seven angels sounded. And there was great voice 
voices in heaven saying, here it is, the kingdom, the kingdoms as of this world are become the kingdom of our Lord. Now, we got to understand when, when the Lord is talking about the kingdoms of this world, he's talking about the kingdoms of Israel. We're going to show that in a moment. Most people take that and they think it's talking about the world, like all the people in the world. No, it's not talking about that. He's talking about Israel. When you use the term world, 90% of the time he's talking about Israel. So here it said, the seven angels sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Watch this. And he shall reign forever and ever. Well, who is he going to reign over? We're going to see that in a minute. And four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshiped God, saying, watch this, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art, which, which art, which was, and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. Now, in verse number eight, we'll explain it. Verse number eight says, and the nations were angry. Why? Thy, great, thy wrath is come. So he's telling you everything that happened. God's wrath is come. Number two, the time of the dead that they should be judged. Who he's talking about? Israel, the one that was already dead. See, people would take it out of proportion and they'll make it like it's something going on today. No, the Bible is the history book of everything. If you go to Genesis, down to Malachi, it's about Israel. When you come in the new covenant from the time you get to the Romans all the way until the, the new covenant, uh, uh, Philemon, you, well, when you go to old covenant, you got to go all the way to Revelation, I'm sorry. So you got to go all the way to the Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then you go to Peter, James, and John in the book of Revelation. All that goes with the Jews. When you talk about the Gentiles, you start with the Apostle Paul ministry, and you start at Roman and go to Philemon. That is the Apostle Paul ministry. All right. Now here it says in verse 8, telling you everything happened. And the nations were angry. See, he's not telling you they're going to get angry. This happened. The book of Revelation is giving you the history of what happened with Israel when the Lord came and got them during the tribulation. It's verse 18 with what I'm reading now. And the nation was angry. And said, number one, thy wrath has come. Number two, that they should be judged. Number three, and that we're going to show you who was judged. It was Israel. And thou, that thou should give reward to thy servants, watch this, the prophets, the prophets of Israel. And to thy saints, the saints of Israel. And to them that fear thy name, small and great, and should destroy them which destroy Israel or the earth. All right. Now, Let's go to work. So all of this you will see. All right. Now, let's go back. Uh, well, I do that at the next service because I need to get this. Go to the book of Acts chapter 10. From the book of Acts chapter 10, you would hear what I'm saying over and over and over. And hopefully you'll be able to understand this is what they did. This is a finished work. Acts chapter 10 and we want to go to verse number 34. We're going to take that down to verse 43. 42 is my key verse. Acts chapter 10 and verse number 34. 
Are you ready for the word? All right, we're talking about two resurrections. Now, see, we are celebrating resurrection, but we don't understand this resurrection that Jesus talked about of raising the, the dead physically that I gave in the Gospel of John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29, all that's in the grave. See, that's what people think is happening now. No. The resurrection now is a person. Old Testament, from Genesis to Malachi, everything was types and shadows. The resurrections also were types and shadows. You go to John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus told that woman, now I'm the resurrection. See, the resurrection is not a, a set time anymore. That was Old Testament. See, this happened, but we're still trying to use resurrection as a time and a date and, and something going to happen. No, the resurrection is a person in the New Covenant. Just like the word Passover. Just like we go to church today and we said, some people say, well, we go to church called the Easter Sunday. Well, we don't celebrate Easter Sunday. We celebrate Christ. Christ is the fulfillment of the Passover. See, people are still trying to celebrate Passover. Christ is the fulfillment of the Passover. You don't have none of these natural things anymore. Christ is the fulfillment of them. All right. So here we go in the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 34, the Apostle Peter's ministry. Then Peter opened his, opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God no respect of persons. But in every nation, he that fear of God and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Jerusalem after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus neither with the Holy Ghost and power, and went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of the thing which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. That's what they did to Jesus. But watch what happened to Jesus. How him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Not to all the people, but on the witnesses chosen before God, even to us, Peter says, who did eat and drink with him after he rose again from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people to test and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God, here it is, to be the judge of the quick and the dead. Remember, the quick is those who are alive, and then you have those who are dead. Two group of people. This is why most people can't understand 1 Thessalonians, and I'm going to take you to the day. If you just look at two things, God was dealing with two people. Those who was alive, he's going to take them with him, and those that are dead, he's going to raise from the dead. Those that was alive will be quickened. Quickened. All right. Then in verse 42, again it says, he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. Verse 43 says, To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, now that's not how you save, listen to it real good, through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive. Future tense. See, they, they still hadn't gotten theirs until the Lord returned. They had not gotten their forgiveness of sin until he returned. 
That's why Peter saying, shall. Listen again, to him give all the prophet witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. That's why when you read Acts 10, 9 and 10, it says, shall be saved. See, he's talking to Israel, not you. But when he talked to us, he said, by grace, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8, by grace, you are saved through faith, not through his name, through faith. You are, you are saved how? Through faith. They are saved through his name. Their salvation was in his name. All right. Now, that's another one. You can look at Acts 10, 38. Just give you one more. You write there, Acts 13, 38, I'm sorry. Acts 13, 38 says, Be it known to you, therefore, men and brethren. Acts 13, 38. That through this man, why did it say this man? Talking about this man, Jesus, this name, this man. Be it known to you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, Jesus, is preached to you the forgiveness of sin. See, it was preached to them the forgiveness of sin. That's what they were waiting to receive, the forgiveness of sins. You got forgiveness of sin in Christ. God gave you that in Ephesians chapter 1. Let me show it to you quickly. In Ephesians chapter number 1. See, you receive forgiveness of sin in Christ. That's why I'm reading you Acts 26, 18 every day. You're not going to receive forgiveness of sin. When you receive Christ, believe in Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, God gave you forgiveness of sins. And if you don't receive Christ, your sin would not be forgiven. You would die and go to hell. All right. And, and with, with, with us today, God giving you grace, saving you freely from your sins. It's not like you got to go to a, to a place and confess your sin on a Saturday and get drink stuff on a Sunday. That had nothing to do with your salvation. You get forgiveness when you believe in Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. All right. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 5 says, Having predestinated us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us, he has made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have forgiveness. That word redemption means forgiveness. In whom we have redemption, watch this, through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. We got forgiveness how? Through his blood. How do they get forgiveness? That's what I want you to see. See, they got forgiveness through his name. That's why people today are trying to get water baptized in Jesus' name to get forgiveness. You can't get saved in his name. Let me read it again. In whom we're in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. And we got our screen back up. Thank you, Jesus. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Let me say it again. In whom we have, not trying to get, we have forgiveness, redemption. The word redemption means forgiveness. We have forgiveness of sin through his blood. The forgiveness of sin are caught, it's a cause of the riches of his grace. Nothing you've done is what Christ did 2,000 years ago. All right, let's go, let's go back to work. So I gave you Acts chapter number 10. Let's go now to Acts 17, verse 30. Well, you're in Acts. Acts chapter 17, verse 30. Acts 17, 30. And the time of this ignorance, God winked at. But now commanded, 2,000 years ago, 
all men everywhere to repent. You're already in the same chapter, same book. It's the book of Acts. Just go forward to the 17th chapter and verse 30. At this time of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to do one thing, repent. That's why in the Old, that's why in the Old Testament, that's why they, during the days of Peter, James, and John, they had all had to repent. When John the Baptist preached, that's what he preached repentance. Repentance was preached to Israel, not us. Verse number 31. And verse 31 said, because, because, why he said repent? Because, why did they have to repent? Because he had appointed a day, a day, in the which he will judge the world, which I'm going to show you, judge Israel, in righteousness by that man, talking about Jesus, whom he had ordained, whereof he has given assurance unto all men that he has raised him from the dead. So that's why he raised him from the dead, because he's going to come back and judge Israel. Not you. And when they heard this, or the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Others said, we would have healed them again on this matter. Same thing that the king says. All right, we're going to go to the next one. So now we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 4, verse 13. See, all this will cover that. That's why you got folks arguing about 1 Thessalonians because they don't understand the word. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. There we go. But I would not have you to be ignorant brethren. He's not calling them ignorant brothers. He said, I just don't want you to be ignorant brethren. Concerning them, watch this, which are asleep. We know the word sleep means dead, in the grave. That you're sorry not, even as others which have no hope. We was talking about the Gentiles, but we the one didn't have any hope at that time. But then he's going to say, if they, if they believe, talking to the Jews, if they believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, they are dead in Christ, they're going to rise first. God's going to bring them with him. That's what I read for you in the Gospel of John chapter 5. I'll go back in a moment and read again. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we, Paul says, which are alive. Remember, he come to judge the quick and the dead. He come to judge those that are alive and dead. See, all the way through the world, you're going to see the same two things that was two resurrections. It was not you. Remember, you are not waiting for a resurrection day. If you want to, you can celebrate the day. All right. That we would, watch in verse 15, this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, alive and remain, alive and remain, unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. So you have people who are dead, you have people who are alive that were waiting for Christ's return. Verse 16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the south, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. This 2,000 years ago, and people are telling you that's going to happen when they buried the folks Saturday. They preached this for the, burial, for the funeral they just had Saturday. Ha hallelujah. And people just don't, don't even realize this is past tense. The, 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 the Thessalonians are all past tense. Let me, let me read it again. Let me read it again. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. That you're sorry not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died 
past tense, rose again, past tense, even so them also which sleep past tense in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. They were the one waiting on Christ to come. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ going to rise first. He's talking about the one who died believing in Christ. Why? Because that's what Jesus told them. He that believeth don't mean though he was dead, yet she to live. Didn't tell you that. And verse number uh, 17 says, Then we which are alive, then we which are alive. Well, you sure weren't alive when Christ returned. And remain. Paul said, We, we. You wasn't back there when Paul was there shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. So shall we, Paul said, we ever be with the Lord. Now, so when you read the word of God, you know it's not you. See, that's why you got to understand the word of God. If not, you, you can go to church all your life and die and go to hell. Let's go to Matthew chapter number 13, verse 24. I'm going to give you so much word until you absolutely burp in church. It's all right. It's all good. Matthew 13, 24. Matthew 13, 24. See, when you, when you hear the word, I'm going to take you all the way to Scripture to Scripture. Matthew 13, 24. Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 24 through 30. He taught the wheat in the tares. Matthew chapter 24, he taught the wheat in the tares. I'm not going to go through verse, verse number 24 through 30. I'm going to go down and give you the meaning of it, the wheat in the tares. Matthew chapter 24, 13, I'm sorry. I'm going to go down and start reading with verse 36. Now, what you do later on, you read the wheat in the tares. In fact, let me just do verse 30. At least that'll give you, give you that much. Verse 30, let them both grow together unto the harvest. So you want to underline your word in your Bible, the harvest. But that's very important. Let them grow together to the harvest. And then it says, in the time of harvest, then I will say to the reapers. So check the word reaper, check the word harvest. Go show you both of them. I'm going to tell the reapers, gather you together first the tails. So we can see what he planted. Well, as a matter of fact, he didn't. Tails was planted by Satan. And bind them in bundles and, and burn them. What are we going to do with the tails here? Gather the first two tails, bind them in bundles to burn them. But, but gather the wheat into the garner. Now, if you really want to understand this in its entirety, you go back to Joseph's dream. All right. Joseph dream, you will see the tails bundled. All right. And they're going to ask Joseph why your tails, why them tails bow down to mine and all that stuff. That, that's what that is. Now let's keep going because I want to show you the, the rest of this, which is going to be, we're going to skip the mustard seed in 11. And we're going to explain the tails. We're going to explain the wheat and the tails. So let's go down to verse 34. The Lord now going to give you an explanation of the wheat and the tails. Remember, you're talking about two resurrections, the wheat and the tails. And you are neither. 
So verse 34 says, All these things spake Jesus to them in parables. Without a parable spake he not unto them. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I would open my mouth, talking about Isaiah, I would open my mouth in parables. I would utter things that have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus sent the multitude away, and when the multitude had gone away, his disciples came to him saying, Declare to us the parable of the tales of the field. We want to know what are the tales. He's going to tell them. He's, he answered and said to them, He that sowed the good seed is the son of man. Now I'm going to show you this same principle now. Because if you have the spirit of Christ in you, you are God's child. If you don't have the spirit of Christ in you, you're the devil's child. It's not hard, not like the woman said, not complicated. So we'll see what happened in the garden if you, if you take note now. All right. Now in verse number uh, 37 again, he answered and said to them, he that soweth a good seed is a son of man. Everybody got that? Good seed, one seed, good seed. It's, it's God that's Christ that planted the good seed, which is his life, right? All right. Then in verse number 38, the field is the world. All right, we're going to have to find out what that is because right there it says the field of the world. I'm going to show you the field of Israel. Israel is the world. But it started out of God. I say it started out of God. All right, the field of the world, the good seed, the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The field of the world, the good seed of the children of the kingdom. First, I told you it was God who sowed the good seed. The good seed is what? The children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the devil. You got to pay attention. Most people do not understand what I said last week. I want to make sure you get the date, so pay attention. I'm not just saying something, but you got to understand, understand spiritual things. All right, I gave you one word, I said sexes, and I gave you a definition of the word two sexes. Sex is mean two sexes. S-E-X-E-S is two, male and female. And I said, why did God give you Adam and Eve? Some of y'all need to write it down because I don't think y'all got it yet. I mean, if you are married, you ought to know what sexes are for. So you write that down. Reproduction. And if it's not for reproduction, then you are into another word Perverted. called perversion. All right. So we're not going to get into that day. It may come out one day, but not today. So hold, your, hold, hold on your seat. It's all right. All right. Now, verse 38, the field is the world. He told you what the field is. Because God started out with a garden. How many know what a garden, how many know what a garden would look like if it's, it's not kept up? See, if you just think, you'll know, Right? God started out with a garden, but it wasn't kept up because the tenant of the garden got put out. <laughs> you catch up. Now it's the world. I didn't talk about your back seat of your car. I'm talking about the field. The field is the world. The seed is the good, 
the children of the tares are the children of the kingdom. Watch this. The enemy that sold them is the devil. The tares. The field of the world, the good seed of the children of God, of the kingdom, they were sown by the Son of Man in verse 37. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The wicked one is Satan. We just got to know who he is. His name is Pharaoh. The enemy that sold them is the devil, plain and simple. The harvest is the end of the world. Told you what the harvest is. The harvest is what? The end of the world. So it can't be coming because if they already got the wheat and the tail separated, it can't be, the end of the world had to already happen. See, all this already happened. The harvest is the end of the world and the reapers are the angels. Well, let's, let's go see. And then in verse 10, in verse 40 says, As therefore the tails are gathered and burned in the fire, the, ta- the tails are gathered and burned in the fire, so it shall be at the end of this world. This world, Jesus said it's going to be at the end of this world. Well, it can't be my world. I'm in grace. All right. That's why he said then, then, Matthew 24, 34, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. So it can't be down here. All right. And I, I'm not going to be preaching this all the time. I'm giving this because I'm tired, tired of folk lying to you. Keep believing it. All right. Now, you go to Revelation 14, 14. Let me show you something quickly. See, people don't think the tails, the wheat and tails already been picked. Let me show you something. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 14. See, if you mark this stuff in your Bible and look at it when you get home, you could be helped out. Revelation 14 and 14, I must move along. I'm going to start verse 13, Revelation 14, 13. I heard a voice from heaven saying, right, blessed are the dead. This is some of the favorite scripture you'll hear at funerals. Blessed are the dead. I'm not going to even read the favorite scripture. Go to verse 14. Go to verse 14. I get tired of hearing. It's just like you sit there and look at that man and say, you don't know what you're talking about. Verse 14. And I looked and behold a white cloud. And up on the cloud, one sat like unto the Son of Man, having his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Wonder what he got a sharp sickle for? Because I just told you in, in the verse I just left, Matthew 13, he said to the reaper, the angel, it's time for you to reap. See, if you read your Bible, reaper, you know what a reaper is? If you ever watch people go in the wheat field, that's why you ought to watch the story of Ruth. See, you all just shut the other stuff off. Go to the book of Ruth, free on your podcast, free. And watch the book of Ruth. You'll see them in the field, gleaning the field. They're doing it. They're reaping the wheat. See, all this stuff you'll know if you watch, if you watch these things I keep telling you about. All right? They're not going to show it to you on, on regular television. You're not going to see nobody reaping no harvest. All right. Now, now let's go to, he said he sent his angel to reap. Revelation chapter 14, and watch what it says. And verse 14 says, And I looked and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon the horse was like unto the Son of Man. One like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown.
having upon his head a golden crown. And another angel came out the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat up on the cloud. Trust in your sickle and reap. Watch the rest. For it is time, the time has come for you to reap. For the harvest is ripe. Does it sound like it's coming up now? Let me, no, let me not bother you because I, I have to move on. By the time you give me an answer, I'll be in the next chapter. All right. Now let me move on. Let me move on. When I turn my mic down, it means it's too loud. Okay. Now, let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 19 and verse 27. The gospel of St. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 27. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, and verse 27. Then answered Peter and says, thank you very much. We have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said to them, Verily I say to you, that you which have followed me in the regeneration, talking about the new covenant, talking about the, the, where we are in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit upon the throne of his glory. Watch this. And you shall sit upon 12 thrones. Watch what you're going to be doing. Judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So when he said judging the world, what does it mean judging the world? Judging the 12 tribes of Israel. All right. You, you can read the rest for yourself. I got a lot, a lot to do. So I showed you who was judge. Now you can see that same thing in Daniel, Daniel 7, 9. Let's go there quickly. Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. From the book of Daniel chapter 7. And verse 9, all of this is in your Bible. You, you, you have to get the tapes instead of the word. Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7, is, was, was, when it was prophesied, the same thing I just read to you in Matthew 13 and Matthew 25. Jesus just quoting Daniel. Daniel chapter 9, and you start reading with verse number. I'm sorry, I'm, chap, I'm sorry. Uh, Daniel 7 and verse 9. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 9. I think I said 9 and 7. I'm okay. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 9. And I beheld till the throne were cast down. Can't you see all the kingdom were thrown down? And the ancient of David this sit, whose garment was white as snow, he has of his head as pure as wool, his throne was past tense like fiery flame, his wheels as a burning fire, and the fiery stream issued and came out from before him. Thousand, thousand ministered unto him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set and the book was open. Now this is something that I already taught you. Down in verse number 11 says, And I beheld before the voices of the great, work, great words which the horn did speak. I beheld even to the beast. And I'm going to show you that that's the devil which was at that time the king of Rome. We know who that was, right? Praise the Lord. Don't you remember the crucifixion is going to be showing you see only one man crucified Christ because they say he was a king. Whew. Thank somebody, man. Thank God somebody in the church. I can't be the only somebody. Let's keep going. I beheld even till the beast was slain his body destroyed, watch this, and given to the burning fire. You tell people that, no, the devil, devil, 
The devil's dead, man. The devil in the fire. Well, he's not dead because he's an angel. He's in the burning flame where all the false prophets are. That's what my Bible says. And everybody don't believe in Christ. That's where they're going to spend eternity. All right, let's move on. I got too much. I got so much to, so much to say. Go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 40, because what they were there for is three things. Judgment, I showed you that in Revelation chapter number 11. I showed you three things they were doing. They were there for God's wrath. That's what John the Baptist told you in, in, in Matthew 3, 7, 3 and 7. Pharisees, Sadducees, why come to my baptism? Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? That's what John the Baptist told them 2,000 years ago. All right. Now, you'll see what was in Revelation chapter 11 told us what was there, God's wrath, God's judgment. And here's another one, the rewarding of the saints. So you go back and read it, you'll see it. Let's go and show you what Jesus said, Matthew 10, 40. So when you go to a funeral and somebody say he's going to get a reward, uh, not only one reward you got coming, and that's eternal life, and you about to get it now. I want to say that one more time, because people think they can go get their reward, eternal life, when they die. You don't get no reward of eternal life when you die. It's just like dying, then you want to go get life. Yeah, listen to what it said, eternal life. God put you here so you can get eternal life. Well, what did, he, what did he put at him? It's not hard. Give me somebody. Just give me one. I know what he put Adam in. In the God. This is not hard, right? God put Adam in the God. Why? What are you supposed to find while he's there? It's not hard. He put two trees. He put a lot of trees, but one of the trees, he said, don't touch the tree of the good and evil, but the tree of life. You can eat that and live forever. It's no different with you. He put you in the earth to make sure you find life. The life, the tree of life. And the tree of life is Christ. Now, if you die, you're going to get kicked out of the garden and you won't have found life. You're going to hell for eternity. That's easy. If you don't know, how are you going to tell the, un the unsaved person? All right. Matthew chapter 10. See, we, see this is what you, you go to. See, a lot of folks, they'll tell you, get, go in and get your reward. They name all the rewards. Your reward is eternal life. Everything else you get now, even your eternal life now. You don't get eternal life after you're dead. You, ever, you go watch folk who dead. They're going to hell. You read, you, you, read, <laughs> you read the Bible. It'll tell you what happened to a man who died in the Gospel of Luke. The Bible says he died. Hold your finger right there. Let, let me, let's finish what you got now. Matthew chapter 10. And we're going to show you in verse number... 40, Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. This, this stuff is so good, man. He that receiveth you, this is what Jesus is telling his, his, his people working with him, his 12 disciples. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet, in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet reward, and he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man reward. How many know what the prophet reward is? How many know what the righteous man reward is? It's not hard. It's only one thing the prophet's supposed to give you, and that's eternal life. That's okay. I know you don't know all this stuff, but at least write eternal life down there. You don't need nothing else. If it's going to be eternal, you want it to be life. There's no eternal money. 
All right. Let's go to Matthew 16, 27. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 16 and verse 27. Let's start at verse 26. This is why you must understand God put you here. You have so many years, so many days to be here to find eternal life. That's why one of the sad, most saddest stories in the Bible is it, a, a man lived 969 years and all that said about him, all is that he died. That's what you want your obituary to say? He, he lived 969 years and he died. What, a, what an obituary. What a sermon. All right. Matthew 16, 26. For what, uh, what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, because that's what you're going to lose is your soul, because you're gambling with, with the spirit of Satan and you'll lose. What shall a profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul. And then he said, what shall a man give in exchange for your soul? What are you, what are you going to give for exchange for your soul? You a gambler? You going to gamble your soul away? Sad story. All right. Now in verse 28, it said, Verily I say to you, there will be some standing here. Now you ought to know it's not in your future. This is what it says. There are some standing here which shall not taste of death until they see the Son of Man come in power. I mean, that's, is that plain or what? There'll be some standing here that shall not die until they see the Son of Man coming? Remember this coming, uh, not 20, 20 and 30, A.D. 20 and 30, which is coming up, will be 2,000 years since Christ died on the cross. And here it is, when, this is what I looked at. God let you live all these years, you still ain't saved. That's what I see when I see people walking around. Been here all these years and, and, and haven't got one thing right yet. You ask them, when you die, where are you going? Uh, uh, you got your soul salvation? See, it's just like folk who work, work job, don't you have insurance? And they're working. They said, let somebody else bury me. What, what a testimony. What a testimony. You ask a person, man, do you have burying shoes or stuff like that? Let somebody else bury me. I'm going to tell you what they're going to do to you. <laughs> yeah, most likely. Most likely. If you ain't got no money, most likely. 1 Corinthians 3, 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. See, that, these are the kind of things you should already do. My wife and I, we already prepared. Now, you may be young right now. You may be able to say, well, you know, I got a little time, which I waited. But, I mean, you don't never know. You know, so I, my wife and I, we already got this thing straight. Anything happened to us, nobody has got no bills. That's, that's what we want to do for our family. 
So if you want to do something really good for your family, get some insurance. I'm telling you, some of y'all need to be clapping right now. Y'all scared to clap. Well, if you don't, you're going to have to be paying the money. All right. And even cremation is high now. First Corinthians chapter 3, stay on the course, Reverend. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. First Corinthians 3, 5. First Corinthians 3 and 5. We're going to read that through verse 8. Who then is Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believe? Even as the Lord gave to every man. The Lord gave to every man. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But who then is Paul and who is Apollos? Even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted Apollos water. But God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planted or anything, neither he that watered, but God who giveth the increase. Now he that planted and he that watered are one. Every man shall receive, watch this, his own reward, watch this, according to his own labor. So it can't be talking to you. Your salvation did not come because you labored. Somebody say amen. amen. I just want to make sure my, well, my clock set today. My time is off. My time is gone. I thank you for yours. <laughs> Get a lot of big hands. Now, I, I, I have not forgotten what I promised you. It will come. I already got it scheduled for the next tape. All right. But today, make sure you have your salvation. Now, we're singing all these songs about Christ. You can't be going by everybody else. Everybody do, is not going to heaven. Everybody don't want to go. Understand? So you just make sure you go. Make sure you're ready. Because you're going to die. I'm going to die. You're going to die. Just make sure you have Christ in you. Because if you do not, you cannot go to hell. Listen, I, I talked to a person, and this is what the person says. In our religion, and that's all it is, religion, God's not going to send nobody to hell. He's too merciful for that. You know, you want to say to people, how big a fool are you? God is not sending you to hell. Christ died so you won't go to hell. Now, if he already died so you don't go to hell, the least you can do is get, your, get yourself some insurance on your soul. Just like you got insurance on your body, insurance on your car, insurance on your house, you need insurance for your soul. And that's who Christ is. Say it with me. Christ is insurance for my soul. Come on, stand up on your feet. If you got Christ, you already got insurance for your soul. You don't have to be worried about where you're going to spend eternity. You don't have to worry about nobody making up no bed for you, fixing up no room, sending no temple. All that's taken care of. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 told you how to be saved. Verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins. This is how you're saved. Number one, you have to believe Christ died for your sins. 
See, Christ died for your sins. Christ died as you. So God see you already there when you believe Christ died for your sins. Second of all, Christ was buried in your grave. There's no grave for you. For your soul. We're talking about your soul. There's no grave for your soul. And then God raised Jesus from the dead to live inside of you so when your soul die, it will never be separated from God in you. So receive God's salvation. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.